people like me no longer have to ask the players or the coaches what the identity is of this offense. That's now been put onto film. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. No, that performance by Ben Roethlisberger and company this past Sunday in Cleveland was not perfect. And it wasn't pretty. And it wasn't what you need to have even a very good offense in the National Football League in 2021. And I can say that just entirely on being unable to connect on any significant deep balls the entire day. There was a 50-yarder to Deontay Johnson, but as we saw, that was a uh, just a quick slant there when the Browns were sure that a run was coming. Great play, but I'm saying it doesn't count toward the deep throws. This team did, however, put together really, I think, a template or a foundation for how they need to build and keep building. And if that sounds like something that probably should have happened, you know, before their seventh game, so be it. But when you're dealing with a lot of different variables, the aging quarterback, the incredibly young offensive line, the rookie at running back, the injuries at wide receiver, the inconsistencies, at least with Eric Ebron at tight end, you had a lot of different things going on. So this was going to take time. I think we all agreed going into the season that the offense was going to take time. But what we couldn't agree on, at least I could never find myself agreeing with anyone on it, was what the offense was supposed to look like. What did you want it to be? What did you think that it should be commensurate to the talent at hand? I think there were some visions over the summer and even into training camp that because Matt Canada was the college coach, you were going to see all kinds of razzle-dazzle and uh, flea flickers and other trickery. And that really wasn't going to be the case. You were going to see more movement. You were going to see more deception. But that type of deception was never going to matter unless plays were executed that forced the opponent to believe that you could pull them off. And when I watched the Steelers Sunday in Cleveland asserting themselves, and I mean asserting themselves physically on the offensive line with the running game, with blocks not just at the first level but in the second level, and asserting themselves with their play calling. When it was third or fourth and short, they didn't mess around. They ran it right up the gut. 
They had a two-point play and didn't like what they saw. The 39-year-old quarterback kept it himself. There was all kinds of added authoritativeness to everything that this team did with the football, even when it didn't work. Even when it didn't work. And that is at least the beginning the pouring of the cement. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Ben Roethlisberger was asked yesterday his thoughts on the way the offense is starting to show the balance that they'd always hoped to achieve. Well, I think I think you have to understand that each week and then you go into it with a plan, right? And then the plan can be you, you can stay with the plan or you might have to change the plan depending on how the game's going, how the team's playing you, um, scores, all kinds of things. So. Um, if we can, like we say, stay ahead of schedule or stay on schedule, then we can be a balanced offense. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, we might go into a game this week, for instance, and they may say, "Listen, we're taking away the run," and that means we've got to throw 50 times. We don't really know, but um, we want to be able to do all the things that that we we kind of have been doing: running, short passes, long passes. Um, you know, this last week we didn't throw a lot of balls deep down the field, but we didn't really need to. Um, so I just think that we, we need to be able to do what we want to do. This is obvious, but this specific component of this football team rests almost entirely on Seven's shoulders. He has to be able to have confidence in both the run and the pass in order to be an effective RPO manager. He just does. He can't be wondering or doubting, yeah, but if I do this this terrible thing might happen. Because that's when he's going to naturally check down before the snap, even after the snap. I can't count how many times I'd said through the first six games of this season that this quarterback was behaving like someone who didn't believe in what was happening around him beginning with the offensive line, but extending to other facets as well. He didn't feel great about throwing downfield, maybe because his receivers weren't doing a great job of fighting for the football or running under it, as we saw in particular in a couple of those games. He didn't feel great about holding his ground in the pocket because he knew it was crumbling around him almost instantly. Heck, the other day on the great touchdown to Pat Fryermuth, Ben was the one who slid Najee Harris over to his left just in case Miles Garrett scorched Dan Moore again. Guess what? Miles Garrett scorched Dan Moore and Najee had a tremendous pickup. Otherwise, we never get to see the football come out of Ben's hands 
for Fryermuth to make that play. Ben's learning. Ben's adjusting. Ben's maturing within the offense even as the players are maturing within the NFL. And it was never going to happen until he felt good about both aspects of the offense. He needed to feel good that the running game was a real thing. It wasn't just something the Steelers were doing because Art Rooney told them to or because you're supposed to. He needed to feel like running the football was a great way to contribute toward moving the sticks. And it's become that now. Started, I think, a little bit in Green Bay. And then it's just kind of gradually, not dramatically, but gradually gotten a little bit better each week. Same goes for the passing game. You've seen deep balls. You've seen deep connections, most of them to Deontay. You've seen now, finally, throws over the middle with Fryermuth and even Zach Gentry making themselves available there in Cleveland. All of these things needed to happen, and most unfortunately, they needed to happen kind of simultaneously for any of this to make sense because the Steelers aren't going to be great at any of this. And I have a feeling they know that. I have a feeling they know their own reasonable limitations with all of this. But the one way that they can be good, and I'm underscoring the term good, because with the defense performing the way it should in the coming weeks, all the offense has to be as good. If the Steelers can just be that, this could be a fun, fun regular season. It really could. When we come back, just one question. Time for just one question, and today's J1Q comes from Ryan Bowling, who asks, The Steelers dominated against one of the best run-stop defenses. The Browns have an excellent defense, and the Steelers' offensive line stood up to them. So as frustrating as the false starts and the holds have been, can you really blame them for being overly aggressive? You know, it's funny, Ryan. That's not a connection that I'd made until your question came. It's been reflexive to look at all of the penalties that they've amassed, especially early in a season, especially when it was Chooks Okorafor, uh, one of the actual experienced guys on that line, committing them, and to just rip them, you know? Why are they not being more disciplined? Why would they be thinking uh, anything other than, I just really need to not commit a penalty before the ball is snapped, before the ball is snapped? You know, what else should be going through your head there? But then, 
your question reminds me that Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach, and Matt Canada, and on up to Mike Tomlin, had been stressing with this group from the day they arrived at rookie camp after being drafted that their identity, as long as we're on the subject of identities, was going to have to be a physical one. They were new. They were young. They weren't going to outsmart, outscheme the opponent. They weren't going to have all of the little moves and the tricks and knowing what the other guy does. And uh, if they lined up against, you know, Geno Atkins or Carlos Dunlap uh, in the past, meaning the more veteran guys, a David DeCastro or a Ramon Foster would have had all kinds of experience against that individual and known what worked. These guys weren't going to have that under any circumstance. The one thing, the one edge that they could take into the season would be that they'd be Younger, more athletic, maybe a little stronger, who knows, and be able to knock some people on their butts. And you know what? That whole identity thing, again, from the first segment, this was part of it. If you really want to entertain yourself, if you're really, really, really into football and film study, watch the game again and isolate on Nothing other than the blocking on some of Najee's runs. You will be entertained. Not just what's happening right on the line of scrimmage, but what happens further downfield. Kendrick Green, in particular, runs like a little dude. He gets down there and he gets people and he doesn't just seal them off. He's knocking them down. What was happening to Kendrick Green earlier this season? Remember, he was the one being knocked down and everyone was saying he wasn't strong enough or he lacked the leverage or couldn't get low enough. I heard that one a lot, including from people that I trust. What happened to him in the interim? He learned, he got better, and then they got nastier. They got more aggressive. So to your point, Ryan, if you're out there with an aggressive mindset, and you're thinking, I can't wait to knock this guy over? You're going to have a little bit of that edge to you. You're going to have that. And to an extent, to an extent, a very, very small extent, it's understandable. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow.